0: Poetry night. We've always been at
1: war with naked guys. We've always been at war with naked guys. Me, me. We've always been at war with naked guys. Th- We've always been at uh, war with naked guys. We've always been at war with naked guys. We've always been at war with naked guys. I was paying attention, but I, I do want to study up. We've never been at war. We've never been at war never been in war. We've never been in war. We've never been in war. 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 I enjoy, enjoy that I didn't really even notice the microphone the mic- wasn't working. We have, we have, we have
2: no we have
0: Poetry night rings through.
3: On Monday,
4: July 17th, we said. It's
0: a poem by
1: Lee Young Lee. It's called Eating Together. In the steamer is trout seasoned with slivers of ginger, two sprigs of green onion and sesame oil. We shall eat it with rice for lunch. Brothers, sister, my mother, who will taste the sweetest meat of the head, holding it between her fingers, deftly, the way my father did weeks ago. Then, he lay down to sleep like a snow-covered road winding through pines older than him, without any travelers, and lonely for no one. Lee Young Lee, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome... Chris Gusta to the stage.
5: So, this poem is called Porcupines. I swear this asshole is a, ma- a magician, the way he walks around town turning people I know into carnival rides. I shouldn't be annoyed. There's a new version of him every couple of weeks, and I watch my friends tilt the whirling and crashing, all the noise of the gears, many of them glad to just to get off with without losing a finger to the machinery. He himself is the heavy gate on the greased hinge you spin around on quickly, the one that slapped me in the back when I fell off and didn't clear the circular path fast enough. It takes someone to set him in motion, though. But I, am not, but I am kind of annoyed. I cannot do magic. But I've been saving change to dump into wishing wells, hoping that some of the friends will grow porcupine quills so when this guy gets too close, it will be he that is stung. Thanks. In the yard, I give up at one point and let the ants cover me. Their marching orders sounded at the tearing of roots from the ancient flower bed. Their advantage is, I can't see everywhere on myself at once. When I go inside, I try to brush them all off, but it's pointless. They could be in my shoes or crawled into my jeans through the holes in the crotch. Maybe they're in my hair. I wash it. The next day, I get it cut. I shave my face, cut my fingernails down to the bleeding point. We both love the ground, my friends, and so the next day, I did not go back with a boiling teapot like in the gardens back home, but I did repeat the same murderous process before returning indoors. Thanks.
1: That is Chris Gusta. Please welcome Dr. Gary Wade to the stage.
3: Good evening. Jack, I put off the reading of the poems in your new book. I feared that once I began, I'd never be able to put it down again and do the other things necessary that one must do on the edge of a week. I was wrong to think that. On Monday I began reading it in the morning stillness that comes with retirement after the thrum and jerky slams of the recycling truck working its way up the alley. It had gone away and left me again in necessary silence. After the fourth poem I found that I had to put the book down. For me the experience contained in your work when laid so well upon your pages became so subtly intense that hiatus with introspection was necessary. In these times, one must take your way to remain human. Your poems wrapped around me like a soft wool blanket holding in my heat. They set off a buzz in my mind that slowly declined to silence, but the kind of stillness that never goes away. A churning vision of death on the highway became a slow turning that never quite left the visual field of my mind. Your experience in writing reveals how small things have great consequence. You give insight to the worth of trying, the chances that must be taken to improve the lot of self and to extend one's species. These are necessary even if they end as just a pop beneath the left front wheel of a northbound car. Even a chipmunk may come to greatness, if only as brief as the short, happy life of Francis McComber. Thank you,
1: Thank you Dr. Gary Wade. Please welcome Ryan to our stage.
6: I am absent today. I'll tell you why. I live in unpacked boxes and missing doormats, uncarpeted floor sleeps and plastic chair sits and nowhere to lie down. Open wall sores need cauterizing so the wires can't get out. The nervous systems of domestic constructions are a menace until you stitch them in. I don't mind a hard surface to parallel my back. I just want to be left behind by politics and progress. I watched her shrink slowly into the wall, her legs buckling horribly under her knees. As her feet, her high-heeled shoes dropping, swallowed by merciless floorboards, I watched her shoulders crumple in a wad like a handful of tissue paper, hair shriveling away and stomach shrinking into itself until, last of all, the edges of her face disintegrating. I remember the inky bleed of flesh into wall and thinking only... "'God, how beautiful,' while her eyes clutching awfully at my face like maybe she would take me with her into unbeing and thinking only God, how beautiful, watching her uncreate herself, her eyes lingering long after she is gone and deploring me to save her from the eddying current of her anorexia and still thinking, God, how beautiful, and maybe I will go to hell for thinking angels die pretty, but God knows I never killed one, and it is a sentiment I will carry to my grave with me when I go.'" and I doubt my departure will be as splendid, but I hope someone will be there to see my last vinegar ebbing out of my bones, and I hope they will look into my face and find the last spark of life and whisper through their tears, God, how beautiful, just before they turn away from me forever.
1: That is Ryan, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Lizzie to our stage.
4: This is a villanelle that I wrote. It's called Lines. It's really dramatic. (laughs) The sowing storm brings life to what grows there In cracks of black basalt where eons flow In open space the lines go roaming nowhere The arrow leaves of balsam root lie bare Against alluvial soil and common yarrow Where sowing storms bring life to what grows There, in vast expanses of disheveled beige prairie The road is coiling, a roiling worm below. In open space, the line goes roaming nowhere but lupine fields. Lobes alight with hairs, erect and purpled air, electric now with the growing storm, bringing light to what glows there, what knows there, what cracked seeds are sown there in perfect rows of barren fields, in rows of open space where lines go roaming nowhere. Lifting salsify tufts upward, it's here, the storm. Spiraling, inhaling white spores, the sowing storm of life. What grows there in open space? These lines roaming nowhere. Yeah.
1: That is Lizzie, ladies and gentlemen. Bill and Nelling it. And keep it going. Please welcome T to our stage.
7: Oh, jeez. Hi. Um, all right. I scrubbed. I scrubbed so hard I thought my fingernails th- fell off. I thought the sting from the bleach would hopefully purify my soul and get away the dirt and the mold. I was wrong and only made my skin dry. You can't scrub on the inside. Bleach can only do so much, and the most it did for me make my nose burn like the stench for myself when I defy my barriers of all-time lows and I slip just under the surface of the things that can't be cleaned. I never get to me, can't get to me. Squeaky clean on the outside and the stain's still there. I'm still there on the inside when I fester and rot and wait until my moment where I'm perfectly unaware of the mortal, incurable, unbleachable danger that is me. And I spring, destroying myself. Boom, I never knew what hit me. Continuing after so many years to destroy myself, to to detox, then to retox, to clean and destroy myself every day. And I attempt to clean away the wrongs that I've done and I never ever get any cleaner. Who knew? Every time that bleach gets stronger, I get harder to get away. I reek the wrongs that I do that inevitably sleep into the seams that is me settle deeper and deeper and I try to destroy me with bleach, Clorox, Ajax, gas, fire, brimstone, torture, water. That's my favorite. Uh, Brushes, bristles, pistols, armies, lies, food, love, blood. I never go away. And ironically, I kill myself that way, trying to bleach away the parts of me that will always be me and will only go away when the priests say their prayers over my body when I'm dead. So dead. The only thing people will know of me would be how charming I was. How funny that I was a good girl. Never will they know, never will they know the stains that exist just under the surface and I cover myself in my hoodies and my jeans just because I don't want the sun to hit me at just the right light and illuminate the monster that I perceive to be me. And I reek. My wrongs fester, and the sores that I've given myself with bleach and other me- mes- myself and with bleach and other metaphysical means fester, which consequently mean I reek. And while the unassuming populace walks around me, sniffing their air, that is otherwise gay, turn their face sour as their deeper means, their inner means, recognize the unresolved problems when they see it. As I pass, they wonder the fuck is that smell and I pretend not to notice and I and more importantly don't care as I slip into whatever shower I crawled out of to scrub myself with undiluted bleach again desperately but futilely trying to fix a soul that won't be healed see you next time my hand smell
1: That is tea. A hand for tea. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome to our stage, Anna
0: Wolf.
8: Hello. Um, this is called Tea for Two. After he walks me home, I take him on a tour of the tea cupboard. I choose passion, an invigorating blend of fruit and florals. I'm trying to drop a hint. <laughs> he picks calm, a soothing sachet of chamomile and mint. I don't think he gets it. <laughs> <laughs> And this is called Rapunzel Doesn't Tip. I think of those thick braids snaking down the side of the tower like gold chains already shorn from young shoulders when the prince holds them for the last time. Did he sense as he gripped them she was gone, but refusing to believe began the ascent? Or did he fail to notice until the moment they grew slack, unhooked by the witch who laughed as he and hair coiled down to ground and blindness? He didn't even snatch one up as he fled. Oh, I know the happy ending. How after years in the desert he found her, got married, got to see again. She tells me when she comes in for a trim. What about the hair, I ask. Shears snipping her bob. Don't you miss it? No, she laughs. Short is so much s- simpler. And sachets out the door. I dream of blonde shining amid brambles, stolen strand by strand for nests, little girls winding jump ropes, the witch donning a wig, watching her transformation in the mirror. Um, and this is called Shit Gets Broken. Six variations on a breakup. One. We are on a sailboat. Just the two of us, Bellingham Bay, the indifference of sun on water takes my breath away. In the hours it takes to bring becalmed boat to shore, we talk past awkward. I finally understand why you will never love me. Two. Instead of just smiling at cute boys, I fuck every single one. By the time you and I are over, you're the one who gets to be angry. (laughs) Three. The pregnancy test is positive. We each give up an adventure, a few dreams. I finally meet your mother. We raise a beautiful child. She has more brains and charm than the two of us put together. We grow to hate the sight of each other. Four, I start grad school, you leave town for a job. We part with tears and best wishes after one last sleepless night. We write letters and my heart, it aches for months. Twenty years from now, we'll meet by chance, have a drink, talk about our families. Recall this spring with fondness. Five, we've been drinking We've always been drinking, and when you tell me it's over, there's somebody else, our father's tempers finally rear their heads, shit gets broken. I throw dishes, you throw fists. There is sobbing recrimination, cigarettes singe the carpet. My hands are full of glass shards, your nose is bleeding. By the time the cops arrive, I am red-faced and raw-voiced. You are wishing you had never met me. Six. We lay side by side on operating tables as a surgeon carefully removes every sliver of you in my body, returns them back to where they came from. When we wake up, I feel free, you feel whole, and we never see each other again. Thank you.
1: Anna Wolf, ladies and gentlemen. That is Anna Wolf. Please welcome Ryler Dustin
2: to the stage. All right. And this is called Anonymous Illumination. There's no name for the way the vines sprawl beyond themselves, beyond meaning searching blindly skyward through the deepening gray leaflessness of fall. The first frost has already withered the squash's frills, but new vines keep uncurling, nature's typical senseless optimism overflowing as it dies, death opening into the purposelessness of song. Something rejoices in us, too, despite darkening odds of earthly salvation, like letters at the fingertips of monks. While raiders raped and ate Ireland's flanks with smoke, they went on working in their dim, chilled chambers, embellishing with painstaking strokes the knots, curls, and colored scenes of illuminated manuscripts, so many of which effervesced to flame and ash brought down by light rain over the lawn saffron and woad, earwax, gum arabic, orpiment and ochre and lapis lazuli and leaves of gold hammered with stag's hoof and softened in warm water. The fingers hold the brush, brush beyond patience, beyond searching. Into the stretched vellum sky, they fill in with a blazing blue beyond the words, the fingers, the green fields.
1: That's, that's Ryler Dustin. We have two poets left, ladies and gentlemen. Can you handle two poets? Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Robert Lashley to our stage.
0: Thank you very much. This poem is called it's after Frank O'Hara's Having a Coke with You. Um, it's called Rolling Old Testament Papers with Her. Was well, so much better than going to Samaria, Judea, Gideon, Babel, Myrta, or pleading the blood with her at the Kmart altar, partly because I loved her, partly because she had the sickle cell, partly because the deacon read blacktail in the back pew and was far less cleaner than she. The secrecy of our smiles took off before the sanctuary of dietary laws as we rolled up Ezekiel in obsession with her and animal junk. I looked at her and would have rather looked at her than all the books of Moses. Their portrait seemed to have no face as radiant as she and I there blazed in the glass. Thank you. <laughs> this poem is called Church Camp. One, before we got kicked out, the only thing we did was touch. The roaches were gone. Our stolen boombox was out of power. And the menagerie of Boast and Cherry Red Ripple gave way to the crickets and grass. We cuddled. Pinky swore. Coordinated stories of David and Biggie. Bathsheba and Tupac. The serpent in the gold-chained gangster's feet of bronze, sex, and wantedness. Yet everything I wanted was there. The red-rightness of curls, the smell of her air, the warmth of her inner thigh that made me take off my ice in Jersey. Two, after. And though days and days I dreamt about her, every ending I had was snatched to the real. Every altered shape, intensified color, ripped clean by the fidelity of elders, ripped clean in our nakedness by the group of our brothers, rejoicing in our shame, sin, and loss. And when awoke, I walked that suburb senseless to try and find her. Yet the grass stayed straight. The evergreens wouldn't bend, and every streak and glimpse of red would mirror her and evaporate away to the gray of the concrete, the sound and the actual of mourning, when nothing but her there seemed real. Thank you. That is Robert
1: Lashley. Robert Lashley is indeed featuring here on the 30th. And we'll be donating all of the funds that he receives to Planned Parenthood. Ah, uh, one poet left, uh, who has not been on our stage in quite some time. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Eva Suter to Poetry Night? Hi, guys.
9: Hi, guys. Ninety-seven percent. One. When we rolled into the new city, our expectations were high. We knew it was foolish, but we knew our expectations had to be high, that we had to follow a hope to keep going at all, otherwise there would be no leaving in the first place. Two. Ah, oh, you should have been here. Oh, man, you should have been here two years ago. You should have been here 10 years ago. You should have been here back then, oh man, the scene. Oh man, it wasn't like it is now. You should have been here then, oh man. Three, we left San Francisco for Portland, for Missoula, for Austin, for Minneapolis, for New York. We left New York for Vancouver, for Denver, for New Orleans, for Dallas. Why did we go to Dallas? Well, you got that job. Well, we left Dallas for Seattle, for Milwaukee, for Chicago, for four. Ten years ago, this place was the shit. I'm telling you, we paid nothing for rent and all worked part-time, and if we hated our jobs, we just left them and got more. Five years ago, oh, man, you should have been here. It wasn't like it is now, I'm telling you. You're new, yeah? Well, that ain't easy. Five. Moving is traveling is exodus. The CDs they still had from high school went first, and when the CDs got too heavy, they uploaded them onto hard drives. And when the hard drive broke, there was little ceremony. They listened to the stockpile of gas station cassette tapes, and when the cassette tapes broke, there was the radio. And when the radio broke, well, it was always broken, they would sing... They would hum until singing got too heavy, and then they, went to si- then they went in silence. When the books got too heavy, they left them behind with old roommates in hotel rooms at parents' houses in boxes along the side of the road like
7: puppies.
9: When the books got too heavy, they promised to read the paper. They promised they'd go to the library as soon as they hit town. And sometimes the paper was bad, and they didn't read it, and sometimes the library was just a little out of the way, and they didn't go. They got rid of all the heavy things. The love letter, uh, I'm sorry, the books and photographs and cats and love letters and knickknacks and dress slacks. They wouldn't need them now. It was better and lighter with each thing left behind. And when it all got too heavy, they left it all behind to just keep going. Six, one time a homeless man, a man at least, uh, we assumed he was homeless and yes, that's presumptive. One time a man, graybeard, greasy, heavy coat in the warmth of spring came to us outside the Sev. One time a prophet in the guise of a man who appeared to be homeless came to us outside the Sev. He asked for nothing, grabbed me by the shoulder and said, we are 99% divine. Maybe 97. <laughs> and that was it. And it struck me. I heard a story on the radio once. You see the stars explode and send their hearts and nether regions out through space and time and time, and it burns through our atmosphere, falls with gravity, and comes down to Earth. Down, drawn, down, down to us. This is the carbon that builds your bones, you see. The stars, that's the most of it. We are 99% divine, maybe only 97 and the stuff the stuff of stars of huge and grand and out and out and out then there is the remainder that one or three percent it is of this rock it grounds us in the literal bounds us to the surface the raw material of the ground of the earth terrestrial imagine our prophet man talking to us he smiles when he speaks he smells like half-smoked cigarettes and ice beer he has the wisdom of the doom-toting madman you are a traveller, I can see it, your shoes are worn through to your soul, and there is still no stopping this restless feeling in your heart. You can blame it on the stars, it's their fault. Ninety seven, ninety nine percent of you would rather be out there. Out there there is nothing here like it is out there, nothing. But we still look for some place, that someplace, and someplace and someday, and some day we all settle and rest some place. And the remainder wins. That three, one percent, when the stardust is tired and there's no wandering left, we sit and let the earth claim us and it is quiet and peaceful and static. We are not stars, but we can let what we can blame them for our atoms never wanting to stay in one place. Everything within us thrown out from star explosions and the big bang and everything before. Our atoms wish to wander, to move away and up and to find the stars they were born in. I've been sitting here for a while, new friends, the presumed homeless man would tell us. It ain't half bad. Try it sometime. In fact, you should have seen it two, ten, three, thirty, thirty million years ago. Oh, man. You should have seen it then. It was someplace else. Thank you very much.
1: Eva Souter. Give it up for Eva Souter. It's good to see you, Eva. That's our show. That was the show. That was a show.
4: Poetry night.